I'll be right back. That's fine. That gives me enough time to get the the promo guy up. <laughs> this is ex- this is how this show should be. To tell you the truth, it was kind of like um, uh, or say like the digital scavenger hunt a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. This is exactly how it should be. I'm surprised none of my kids have come down by now. It's going to be more and more like this, right? Facebook's now dubbed themselves the meta. They've taken over the internet in their eyes. And uh, things are going to change a lot. As long as, long, as long as I don't got to get on Facebook. I haven't been on Facebook ever. I don't even know how to use Facebook. All right, now I can hit well, it. It's, I mean, it's, well, Facebook is, is staying the same, but they're changing the name of the company to Meta, right? And it's that they just announced that today. And they like, you know, they own Instagram, they own WhatsApp, they own Oculus, right? So they're going to try to build a digital universe on the internet to where you spend all your time, like Ready Player One, because time is money to them, right? That's their business yeah. model. So try to get you to spend more and more time on that. So that's how they're going to do it. So so wait a minute. I missed that news. I, I did hear the news that they were changing the title. They were changing the name Facebook. So it's been changed to Meta? Yeah, so Facebook is still going to be the name for that app, Facebook. Okay. But the name of the company is now Meta. Interesting. It's like Google and Alphabet. Yeah. How old Yeah, I mean, it, and like I said, so everything's going to be under the Meta umbrella, right? So like I said, they're going to try to create their own, their own, you know, digital universe, essentially, where you like, you virtually get everything. That is insane. That is Ready Player One, which I have not finished the book yet, and I'm. I, oh, it's I'm, so good. I know, I know. My wife has finished it. My kids, I have three kids. They watch. Well, not the youngest, but they watched the movie. Uh, I refuse to watch the movie until I read the book, and I'm halfway through the book. All right. Yeah. Got to finish it. That's really good. I mean, but, yeah. It was one of the books that it, it had me like. I mean, I think I read it on like two flights, basically, like there and back. You know, I mean, I read it while I was flying back and forth from, uh, you know, Portland, Orlando weekly for several weeks in a row, you know, during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good um, time to read a book. I bet. Distract <laughs> you on those flights. I usually, I usually, if I get on a plane, I don't like to fly. But if I do, I usually pick a movie that is the same length as my flight. So I've yeah, watched like no six hour movies, though. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't fly that far. I usually do three hours. So Joker, The Dark Knight, that's usually where I'll, I'll stick. I mean, in, in an ideal world, that's how I would be, too. But, you yeah. know, right. Got to get, get where the wrestling is, I guess. That's right. Um, Happy to be in Orlando. Before we get into all that, I see a Pac-Man machine behind you. Yeah. I see golden tea. Damn. What else? What else can I see? Got anything else? Uh, well, gaming wise, no. That's what I got. Nice. Um. um yeah. yeah. I would like to get a. Uh, and, and you know, the wife's favorite is Street Fighter, so there's potential that that could uh, make its way here to the house at some point. We have Mrs. Pac-Man. Which is over there, which is my wife's right. favorite. And then I don't know if you can see it because it's kind of dark back there. But right under this TV is yeah. NBA Jam, which I got for Father's Day. Okay. It's there nice. somewhere. Are so, yours uh, what one up arcade? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, they make nice product. They do. Nice and solid. Phenomenal yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to have you on. And uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, obviously, you know, former WWE guy, it's great stuff. But as I delved into everything about Levi Cooper as opposed to Tucker, uh, I got even more excited. First of all, congratulations on the new addition to your family. I uh, appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. So that's all. Um, stuff, you know. It is, yeah. That's that's great stuff. Uh, I believe you have two children. Correct me if two, I'm wrong. Yeah, three year old. Yeah, three year old daughter, and uh, now almost one month son. Oh my goodness! Is he sleeping through the night? Uh, he's not sleeping through the night, but he is doing you know a couple three hour sessions. That's so good. you know, all I could ask for. That is, all I we, all we could ask for. Yeah, exactly. I I lucked out. My kids were sleepers, man. They slept through the night like six weeks in. I have three daughters. All three of them did it. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And now they don't sleep. And now they don't. Now they don't, yeah. Now they don't. Now they're crazy. Levi, they're 12, 9, and 5. And it's it's insane. And they're they're all ladies. I am outnumbered in my house. I can't. I like it. Yeah. It's, yeah, you got your little testosterone corner here. And then yeah, that's about it. That's your little. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> how my. It. Yeah, that's how my wife. Uh, yeah, has to move. She showed me the bar. That's the right, you know. Yeah, yeah. girls are fun, you know. I mean, obviously, you got ears a little older than mine, so yeah. a little maybe you know starting to get the little attitude or whatever. You'll get. That. I uh, interestingly, so <laughs> my second year in college, I was in Bakersfield, and. Uh, me and, and this guy, Thomas, we shared a room, right? Like a, you know, whatever, two, 250 square foot room, not big. And, uh, <laughs> and there was twin four-year-old boys, a six-year-old and a nine-year-old girl. And then and the parents, and we were living in this basically three-bedroom house with an office. All four, all four of the kids were staying in the same room. And so that was kind of my, like, you know, early foray into, all right, like, I'm going to do what I want to do before I get children because this is madness. Yeah. I mean, it's fun madness, but it's madness. Yes. Get it all <laughs> out of the way ahead of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Bakersfield. So we'll, we'll jump right into your college. Um, I'm going to, why is my, why is the sound on my phone? It's never on. I don't, I don't want people to call me. Um, Arizona State. Yeah. Um, a lot of great things happened at Arizona State for you. Uh, you yes. met your lovely wife. Yep. Who I learned yeah. was also an athlete. That's what, right. What did she play? So well, she was track and field athlete. Okay. Uh, she threw the hammer in college. Nice. Uh, but she was actually a, like a sprinter and a very good sprinter. Like, uh, you know, she she was one of the best. Well, she won, like, her junior year, she won the state title in California in the 100-year dash. And then her senior year, she had a, you know, hamstring injury, typical, you know, running injury that happens. Yeah. It was pretty bad, you know, enough that it kind of cost her a step. And so she went to Arizona State trying to do that and uh, and walked on. And, and the throw, throwing coach came over and was like, hey, uh, you know, I, I think you're big and explosive. And, uh, you know, look at this. Do you want to try and throw the hammer for me? Like. She was like, all right. So she changed, and that's what she did for four years nice. there. So pretty cool. That's badass. Um, yeah. My wife, not very athletic. But anyways, that's a different story. Yeah. You, yourself, uh, football, track, wrestling. 
Arizona State. Um, that's that's where my journey with you uh, in prepping for this show started. Division yeah. one heavyweight wrestler. What's the biggest thing that you took away from Arizona State? Oh man, I mean, personally, the biggest thing was like, like my first year there, Ben Askren was a coach uh, there. Okay, and I don't know if you, if you know who yeah. that is or not, nope. but yeah, I didn't. Know so him. I I know him. I didn't know he was a coach. So yeah, so that that was his like last year coaching before he kind of started fighting full time, and then now he's a kids coach. But anyways, so it was you know 2011. And, uh, man, just getting to learn from him and, you know, the biggest takeaway I got from him was like, really like, um, I guess I would have articulated it like that now, but it's like, okay, there's two ways to solve a problem. You can either dig in, which means do the same things you've been doing, but do more of them, do them harder. Or once that stops working, then you have to innovate, right? You have to try to either look at other, the ways other people solve the problem, try to find a new way for you to solve the problem, right? Whatever. And then. The way to do that is like, okay, figure out what that is and then start chipping away at it systematically day by day. And that is essentially like um, what I would describe as like a growth mindset um, learning process, essentially, right? And and that's just something that I use, like have always used in sort of anything that I've wanted to, you know, try and get better at, right? It's like, okay, what am I trying to do? What, you know, where am I now? And you know, write those things down and then kind of start to formulate the bridge between the two of them and, and chip them off. Right. So, yeah, you know, I would say that kind of process was, you know, was something I learned then. And like, like I said, I've, I've been able to like articulate it much better, learn more about like how, how I operate and, and fine tune it. But that was really the guy that year, that first year to kind of teach me that. And that was, a, you know, I would say a profound moment in my life yeah. because that's obviously, like I said, something that I use on a daily basis to, you know, uh, as a process. Yeah. Um, I also learned, and that's stuff that sticks with you. Like you can use that in wrestling. You can use that in life. Uh, just like you said, daily living. Um, something else I, I noticed Recently on this show, we had Grizzly uh, Cal. Yeah. Yeah, Cal Bishop from NXT. I, were you guys in NXT at the same time? We were, yeah, for probably, uh, I don't know, maybe a year. A year? Maybe, but, yeah, a year, year and a half, maybe. You guys had Can't some. Exactly, but yeah. Had some encounters uh, on the collegiate level. We did, um, yeah, three of them. Okay, so okay, so I know of two of them. I know that you upset him uh, and and beat him. Yep. And then he got his uh revenge, I guess, in wrestling terms. Uh He did, yeah. And 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 got the upper hand. But the third one, I guess I don't I guess I don't know. Yeah. What, what happened in the third? Like he beat me as well, yeah. <sighs> yep. Sad to say. It is. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, trying to remember where the third one was. I'm pretty sure it was at. It was at a duel. I'm, I'm thinking. And then, I mean, the one that hurt the worst was that year that I upset him. Then I lost him in the Pac-12 finals. Yeah. That sucked. Yeah. 
And that was yeah. So that was that was the two I had. I had when you upset him, and then he ended up beating you in the finals. So, so, yeah. so I hate to bring that up. No, it's okay. It's how yeah. it goes, man. It's part of the game, you know. Yeah. I think you know. I guess another kind of piece of that like process that I was talking about is you know not looking at success and failures as like this finite thing, but just ways to you know look at the positive or negative things in sort of your process and, and make changes if necessary. Right. Like to me, you're only a failure if you don't try again. Right. Otherwise you're just, it's just a learning a lesson. So, you know, it's kind of that like attitude that I, I mean, it's not perfect attitude by any means, but like, that's, you know, that's what I really try to, you know, embody, I guess. say. Um, so that's probably where Gerald, Gerald, the great Jerry Briscoe, stumbled upon both of you because he he recruited yourself. Yes, he did. Yeah, both of us. He, yeah, he was. I mean, he kind of had a dream job for him. You know, yeah. he he basically got paid to uh, attend all the best wrestling. Yeah. You know, to find people to potentially be pro wrestlers. And it's like, okay, yeah, like meld the two your two most best loves of life, and like now you get paid to go travel around and watch all the best wrestling you can pretty cool you know <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that'd be great so, um it was yeah yep, he's a good dude love jerry briscoe yeah he's doing some great stuff i mean he's a legend in his own right and uh i i think i think going to to recruit and and get those collegiate wrestlers that have that grappling background uh is key to wrestling these days I don't think we see enough of it. I know that we just saw Gable Stevenson get signed with them. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting stuff. Um, how, what's the transition like from amateur collegiate wrestling to you know NXT, the Performance Center? Um, I guess physically, it's you know like you're learning new new ways to move your body but i would say like it most people that especially if you were like you wrestled in college you know so presumably you wrestled for 10 years or more you have a pretty good what i would say like kind of just kinetic body awareness right like right. you could look at somebody's position and you could kind of mimic that position with your body so you got to learn new movements but not too difficult to do that really with a few repetitions because if, if someone's taking the time to really show you those things you know, it's the show business side that's that is the you know difference, right? Like, I would say probably the main difference is like for me, anyways. When I was wrestling at my highest level, I was like super internal, uh, very focused on just the task at hand. Like, and it would be like a minute task at hand, right? Like trying to win this little hand fight battle or something that's like going to be maybe the key to the match. It's a heavyweight match and be one takedown. Like, you know, I got to circle this way, try to do so. Whereas in pro wrestling, you need to be taking in all of your surroundings. If you're doing it at the at the best level, you know, then you're soaking in what's happening. And ultimately that's influencing your decision-making process a little bit. If you know, when done correctly. Yeah. Um, were you a wrestling fan growing up? Did, did you ever have uh, dreams is, is a cliche word, but did you ever have uh, visions of being a professional wrestler? Uh, you know, WWE stuff. A little bit here and there, but it wasn't like, uh, you know, maybe, I mean, middle school was the time when I would had watched the most right. wrestling and kind of, um, 
you know, and then, then it was just kind of like something that, you know, we watched. And that was, I mean, I was in middle school during the Attitude Era. So, you know, wrestling was awesome. And yeah, it was on all the time. And we never really had it at my house, but a couple of my buddies had it. And I'd go over there and watch it with, you know, weekly or whatever. And, uh, and then I would say, like, once I got into high school, I got pretty serious about trying to play sports. I knew I wanted to play sports in college. So I got pretty serious about it. Like, that was kind of where my mind was at. And, and where I spent my time, you know, in, in most occasions that school and sports. So, you know, it wasn't like a big dream of mine, um, but it was definitely the best, like it was a cool opportunity. And I was, I was excited to have the chance to do it. You know, I was like, it was about a month between when I had my, maybe a little more, five weeks between I went at my tryout when I ultimately got called to get hired, you know, and I was and like, you know, I was, I, I thought I was going to get hired because I had a pretty good tryout. Like, uh, but I, you know, I was like, man, I really want to do this. Is I graduated from college, I have an accounting degree. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was in a few discussions to just, you know, where either a, a couple corporations and then one of the big four uh, accounting firms. I, you know, I hadn't got like all the way through the like interview process, but I had begun the interview process and had scheduled some interviews for myself during that, that summer. Uh, because I, well, I actually got hired on my birthday, my 23rd birthday, July 24th. And, uh, so, you know, it was, that was, which was a cool thing. I was like, I actually missed the phone call the first time the <laughs> Canyon scene called me. He was like, I was in an arcade playing pinball with my mom and, and my now wife and just having a good time, like having a few beers. And yeah. I was like, Oh dude, I missed the 203 call. Like I probably should go like make this phone call. <laughs> I should go get the Probably should uh, stop getting high score in this pit. What pinball game are you yeah. playing? Oh, man, there was a lot of them there. Usually, like, I always play the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. pinball machine when I'm there. Uh, Star Wars one and uh, the Indiana Jones one. So they're my top three there. So I'm not sure, but I'm sure it was one of those three. Um, we we did mention one-up earlier, Arcade One-Up. Big shout-out to them. They do make yes. pinball machines. Have you ever played one of their pinball machines? I haven't actually, no. Um, I, I played there. Oh gosh. If I'm wrong on this, I'm going to look bad. I think it was a star Wars one. Um, okay. At, uh, PAX East, which is like a really geeky conference. A little, yeah. So I did play it there as well. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's not the same as like an original pinball game, but still, uh, it, it scratches that itch for sure. Elvira yeah. is my favorite pinball game. I don't know if you've ever played it. Uh, probably not. Elvira. You know, the okay, no, Halloween lady, like, yeah, you know, Elvira. It was at our local rec center. Yeah. And I played it's all about nostalgia, right? All nostalgia. And I, I want, I want to get one, but you can't buy it. And you can't buy it unless it's a real one. My wife yeah. will not fork over the money for that. They're expensive. Oh man. my yeah, Lord. They're, they're no joke. For sure. My um, grandpa actually had one. It was like, I don't know. It had like Zeus on it. A guy like yeah. holding a lightning bolt <laughs> yep. in the middle of it. It was a legit pinball machine. It was big. They had like a pretty decent property or whatever. And yeah. I remember playing that with my grandpa. It was fun. Um, he probably got it on trade. He was in the radio business for a long time. So he did like, that was how, you know, he was just a hustler basically in the radio business, like the 60s and 70s, 80s. Back in the day, yeah. That's exactly how yeah. you survived. You hustled. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. 
So your big collegiate wrestler, uh, get your accounting uh, degree. You, you, you have sights on that. Gerald Briscoe comes. You take that opportunity. Uh, it's a way to continue at your athletics. We all know. We all know the story of 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 Tucker. Uh, we all know the story of Otis. I think you guys first match. I think you guys were heels actually. Your first match. Very first one. Yep. Very Only first time. One. Well, yeah. Yep, very first one against TM61. TM61. Oh my. The mighty don't kneel. I think they're all those are those are uh, the Australian. Australia right? now Shane Thorne in WWE. Ah, that's right. And Mad Mad Mikey Nichols is wrestling in Australia. Um, Good brothers, love those guys. They flipped the script quickly though on heavy machinery yes. from from heels to faces. Uh, we don't need to go down that. Uh, rabbit hole so much because I don't re- really want to spend that much time on it because I, I yeah. don't care. That's how that's how things happen. Uh, I'll just say one thing about it. That's that's my brother for life. I love that dude to the maximum. Uh, I only ever want the best for him. Uh, I can't imagine ever having a better time in wrestling ring than the times that I had with him. With Otis? And uh, with Otis, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. With Doze. Yeah. Uh, Big old Nikola Bogoyevich. And, uh, you know, I think ultimately uh, things things may bring us back together down the road, you know. Who knows? But, uh, I mean, you know, I talk to that brother every day. He's he's a real brother of mine. Well, you never know. I mean, it's, you know, for me, (laughs) I don't have any WWE because, like, I don't have any interest doing that again. But, uh, you know. I do want to make sure that it's out of the universe that, uh, you know, I love that guy and I want nothing but the best for him. Uh, you don't have to say it, but I'm going to say it. I'll go on the record. I believe that the WWE dropped the ball uh, on heavy machinery, uh, on the Otis, Mandy, Tucker, uh, split, oh. heels, storyline. There was depth there and – it never got a chance to play out, and I'll I'll go on the record. I'll say it. I mean, you hit him in the head with a briefcase, ruined his chances of a world title, and and nothing came from it. Yeah, he doesn't even kick my ass. He doesn't. You know, that's what I say. If you guys are gonna fire me, at least have him kick my ass. Yeah, you know? on the way out, right? Not doing anyone any good. Like just oh, his brother three years hits him over, like you said. You know, it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, shit, dude, just have him kick my ass. Not like not that hard of a thing and then yeah the mandy thing also is just uh, the frustrating thing with that was like you said you know i think yeah. there was some investment and particularly investment outside of maybe normal wrestling circles you know and it was a good story yeah. a story that had been that had been told well and like you put a lot of time and effort into all the people in that story put a lot of time and effort into into that story you know and the, from the writers that producers people who were in it everyone you know and we, we all were invested in it as much as the fans were, you know? And so to have it have essentially no payoff whatsoever, like in any semblance of a real world, a guy like Otis would just let Mandy go and without any emotion whatsoever. Like, yeah, it's just, it's a, insulting. I, I think, uh, to the audience, I, I think the WWE thinks the audience does not have a uh, memory. I think they think we're stupid and we don't remember things. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, there's just, like, everything, because it's this crazy, you know, bubble, yes. essentially, yeah, that, yeah. like, 
it really just operates on a week to week basis. And sometimes the long term is, is really thrown out just in the name of surviving that week, I guess would be the way to put it, which is disappointing. But like, you know, I mean, that's, yeah, it is what it is. I guess, like you said, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of really good, hardworking men and women all over that company. And, uh, Ultimately, you know, it's not as good as it could be for a couple reasons. And, and we, I think everyone knows what those reasons are. It's not like it's some big secret. Right. It's just that those reasons are, you can't, you can't say, you can't speak out against those reasons or, you know, <laughs> it's conflict of interest. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it is what it is, right? It's, it's disappointing because you know, like everyone knows it could be better, right? Yes. It's like, it could be, it could be so much better. Like, why not just make it better? it's just empower your talent so like and not just your very top guys like give give some we some creative leeway to you know some other people like who knows maybe you'll get some more new days if you let that happen exactly give creative freedom to the the mid card give creative freedom to the the tag team division these guys want it you know just like let them give them a shot you know don't take away everything every creative outlet just just stifle them, you know, which feels like sometimes is and that's, you know, I mean, it is what it is, right? That it's corporate America to some extent. You like, Hey, look, they have massive corporate partnerships. They have to protect their interests. I understand all these things. Like yep. it's not, I'm not bitter about it. It's, it is what it is, right? It's like, okay, Hey, you're, you are now a giant company, right? Or I mean, you're at least a mid cap company. Like you're a five plus billion dollar company with shareholders to answer to. So you're playing a different game than just the wrestling business. Like it's that's a, it's a different level of stuff, and and that ultimately dictates a lot of what happens, right? Yeah. For good or bad. And and you brought up WrestleMania there, and that was the first WrestleMania uh, during, I guess, the pandemic. And that storyline, the heavy machinery, Otis Tucker, Mandy storyline. That WrestleMania was literally the only thing I'll speak for myself. I'm sorry. I'll speak for myself. The only thing I was invested in. It was it night one. That was a two night WrestleMania. I believe it was supposed to be night. Yeah, it was supposed to be night two. And then we got a call at like two o'clock. We need you guys to come right now. Do this like thing or whatever. So it was, yeah. a, you know, no, it was, it didn't feel like WrestleMania. I'll just say that. Yeah. Well, I wasn't um, even part of it, but <laughs> But uh, a couple other things that I'll bring up just about the WWE stuff, uh, and then I, I want to move on a little bit. Um, one, the draft. Did you learn about being split up from Otis and Heavy Machinery on social media? No, I found out that day at TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, 5 o'clock, something like that, four thirty, five o'clock. Did you have a feeling that was the end of Heavy Machinery, or, or what was the deal there? Yeah, I mean, I, I watch. You know, I, I as a, when I was part of the company, I, I watched as much as I could, paid attention. So, like, I've seen this song and dance before. Right. You know, yep. it's not. And to some degree, like, I mean, once I hit him in the head with the briefcase, and then nothing happened that next Monday, and then the next Monday after that, I lose to Ricochet. Like, you know, I know it's okay. Like. It's just a matter of time for me at this point. Like I've seen this song and dance before, you know, Hey, if, if they thought that I was good enough to do something, then like 
the split wouldn't have happened that way, right? Because there's a chance for me to have momentum coming out of that and we totally waste it. There's nothing. Hey, like I'm not so stupid that I don't understand what's going to happen. You're right. Like it is what it is. And, uh, you know, that's, I mean, they, ultimately that's the decisions they got to make, right? They're, they're, you know, so what have you done for me lately? Who's up next kind of, and for whatever reason, they just, they don't, I don't know. They don't, it seems they don't think tag teams really draw money Yeah. by the way that they kind of treat them. I don't I, know if that, like, I don't know that that's true. That's just a specul my speculation of mine, yeah. but, uh, it kind of bears sense if you look at the way that kind of teams are booked in general. Like, you know, this nine, to, maybe I was going to say nine times out of 10, but two thirds of the time, probably within two years of, of a tag team coming up, they're looking to split them up to see whoever's the single star. And, and yeah. maybe they're looking out for the other guy, but maybe not. Maybe they're just throwing them to the wolves. I, I agree with you as well. I don't think, uh, I don't think Vince has ever put any effort, any uh, investment into the tag team division. I mean, yeah, you had uh, the Dudley's hard, uh, Dudley's Hardies, and Edge and Christian in the '90s, but I don't think Vince had anything to do with that personally. Um, uh, he just—they had. I'm sure he was mostly mostly doing Austin storylines, yeah. you know, or Triple yep. H story, or just faction stuff, right? I mean, that yeah, that was. From everything you hear, that was a big difference in the company then. It was like, well, Vince was so involved in actually being on TV as part yep. of the show that like he wasn't he was around to, to manage else. every manage every segment, right? And kind of yep. have his fingerprints on every segment. And and that's the case now, is he has his fingerprints on essentially every segment that goes on TV, has to get run across his desk. And yeah, yeah I mean that's a that's a big primary difference, right? Like you said, it's because you had those guys who were like, all right, well, we see all these single guys killing it. We want to kill it too. Like, let's do it, right? And there's stories of those guys like going and hiding in the hallway to put the match together. Just like, nah, we're doing it like this, you know? And that's like, that's what you need. I mean, that's, if you want, if you want to have, but like I said, now, then they were a private company. Now they're a corporate well, thing public, that yeah. they, they just can't push the envelope in the same way. It's, it's too risky for their bottom line. Um, Last thing on the WWE, I heard you mention on another podcast. I don't know. I apologize. Wrestling Inc. I don't know. I don't know which one it was, but you said that there was talks about you going to Raw Underground, which I was a huge fan of Raw Underground. I think with your collegiate amateur grappling, kick somebody's ass background, you would have fit perfectly. Yeah, I think that was the plan ultimately, but essentially like the you know in, in kind of typical fashion this draft happens but they haven't sewed up the other the other stories yet so we still have like, like so me and otis still have to be together yeah. right so we do the el gran gordo thing we're together for like another two you know we're now we're doing both brands after the draft and it's like are they together or aren't they and we can't get any answers it's just well this sucks dude like <laughs> and uh yeah, so you know, it was it was kind of madness at, at that at that time. As I like look back on it, trying to sort of like kind of piece together what was going on, but not really knowing, not really, and not kind of being around it enough to really understand and like know exactly where to go and what you know how to navigate all those waters. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I ultimately I made some, some mistakes in yeah. that uh, 
time frame. But basically, I think Raw Underground was scrapped during that time period, you know, then and uh, and so then there was just then I was I was put into the 24 seven picture. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of talent around. And like, if you're not in a story, it's not that easy to get like, just plug right into the story. And so I think it just kind of, yeah, I, I would have liked to have had a chance to do raw underground. I think I could have, yeah, had a chance to, you know, there was, I didn't do a good enough job of kind of highlighting my amateur wrestling background as kind of like something that I really, could have steadfastly relied on as a member of heavy machinery you know i like that was a mistake of mine i wish i would have i shouldn't say wish but like if i could go back and do it again that's probably something in hindsight that i would try to make like a really foundational level of my character um you know and so i think raw underground would have been a chance to do that potentially um even with a few weeks worth of it just being able to like execute moves that look you know, legit because they are. And, uh, yeah, you know, and I, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a cool premise to raw underground, but I was kind of like, after I stopped for a few weeks, it was like, okay, well you need a prize. Like, I don't want there to be a belt, but there needs to be some, some kind of like, right. I mean, ultimately to have a good story, you need something for the protagonist and antagonist to clash over, at least in, in a sense of wrestling. So, I mean, just them fighting each other for like, uh, the good graces of Shane McMahon, like that's okay for a few weeks, you know, and, and especially if there's like a payoff to that, oh, they get a chance to wrestle for a title in, on TV or some different thing, but it never ultimately panned out into any of that kind of stuff. And I think that was like why it fell flat. Um, you said, you mentioned you made, uh, you made some mistakes. Um, I feel, have you, moving on, I know you, you just had a, a new – it's a boy, right? Baby boy. Yep. Right? One month old. You move, uh, you're you not going to be getting back in the ring anytime soon, at least uh, by my calculations. So maybe 2022, uh, get things settled. Uh, you're getting your mind right. You're being a better human being. Um Are you learning from those mistakes? Are you going back to your roots? Are you going to kick some people's asses? yeah definitely you know i um as i kind of think about like well i guess there's kind of a few pieces to that that question you know i'll say first off in terms of kind of working on myself um you know yeah i've done a lot of that a lot lot of reading which i always did but i've been i've done more i've done i mean i've really done i stopped lifting weights for i don't know uh, at least eight months now and i've been doing ddpy and other forms of just traditional yoga, yin yoga, hatha yoga, vinyasa yoga on a like daily basis, essentially, uh, which was sort of like uh, I needed to do that for my body. Right. But then I realized just how much it helped my mind. Um, and, you know, as I was kind of doing this, right, it's very meditative. You start to have just like whatever it is in, in inundating your brain and kind of unplugging from social media, unplugging from whatever. And, listening to the voice that's inside of your head. Um, you know, I realized that I, I was pretty negative on myself. And so I've been working on negative self-talk a lot. Right. And I, yeah. I've now tried to say every day, like, I don't need to work on shit talking myself. I'm good enough that I need to work on telling myself, Hey, you're doing good at this or that, or whatever the case could be. And then like the, you criticizing yourself 
comes naturally basically is like my point right yeah. positive um, self-talk and then yeah positive yeah. self-talk um celebrating small victories you know it's not i'm not saying to like love mediocrity but right like to okay just take a tally on the ways that you did get better if, if you're trying to achieve a goal okay at the end of the day did i get better at my goal if the answer is no then like tomorrow better get better right but if it's if the answer is like okay i did this that and this I could have done these other things, but it's okay that I didn't. I did, I did these. Like, I'm going to get a good night's sleep. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to knock some more stuff off my checklist. Um, you know, and another piece of that has just been for a long time, right? Like, the defining characteristic of Levi Cooper would be wrestler, right? Like, yep. especially since the beginning of college, all the way through my 20s, basically all the way through my 20s, you know, um, even starting in my teens. So I graduated high school at, at 17. So I was like a, just a baby 18 year old when I, and I was, I started as a true freshman at Portland state. So yeah. I learned hard lessons. Boom, boom, two years in a row. Cause Portland state and Bakersfield, they both dropped their wrestling programs. They were both division one programs in the pac 10. Now the pac 12. And uh, yeah, so I, I was at, you know, Portland state my freshman year. Then I redshirted in Bakersfield. Then I had three years at Arizona state. And like those moves helped helped me like be really gritty and helped me learn a lot of stuff about betting on myself and these lessons. But then ultimately, like when I became a father and a husband, some of these defining characteristics, especially where I was getting my self-esteem from, I realized that's not serving me anymore. I need to make a pivot. Like I need to make a change in my life. I need to like really take my self-esteem from my process of being a good dad, being a good husband. And, you know, then like wrestler and or whatever other things I want to work yeah. on, like it can come after those. I can still work really hard on those things. But I don't need to define myself by those things anymore. Like, um, you know, it's been a big, yeah. big shift for me mentally. And uh, I think it's helped me out a lot. You know, I think it's helped me just really take inventory of what's super important. You know, I was yeah. lucky enough to have really great parents who spent a lot of time with me. And uh, I thought about how much that time really mattered to me. And how much that time will is going to matter to my kids, and you know, ultimately try to find ways to like fulfill the things that I need, but still kind of figure out ways to do them where I'm not sacrificing, you know, those other things. And that's a big change in my decision making process, right? Because, yeah. like I said, through my 20s, like I was pretty much just, uh, and my wife, God bless her, was like, "Hey, I'm with you. You know, I'm riding with you." And I'm like, "All right, well, like, I'm doing this, and I'm doing it." Like, you know, and so now I'm like, okay, it's time for like me to figure out how we're going to do yeah. this. You know? Well said. Yeah. I to we. Well done. And yeah. I, I, I couldn't say that better myself. Uh, just, just a positive self-talk and uh, the yoga, getting your mind right, DDPY, all that stuff is great. I, I preach that. Uh, in my shoot job, I, I'm a behavioral analysts for like school age kids with oh, okay yeah my wife is a special education you know she was awesome a, she was elementary school she actually has a uh she's a district level job now she just started well she she started for a little bit now she's obviously on leave and will but yeah she's yeah. working in the equity department yeah. in her because yeah yeah in her uh like I said, district office which evergreen where we live is a pretty big district so yeah she's about that yeah and, and, and yeah and, and in that, respect to the educators. 
in that genre, it's like you like you said, it's very easy to talk bad and negative and shit talk yourself. And uh the positive self talk goes a long way. No matter what it is. Like you said, short short achievements, big achievements, it does not matter. You know, put yourself over when you can. No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually like I don't know. Have you read the book Growth by Carol Dweck? Have I you have heard of that not. book before? No, but I'm gonna I'm gonna type it down. Growth by Carol who? Dweck D W E C K. I'm on the very last chapter of it right now. Basically, like the whole book is about fixed mindset and growth mindset, and how those two like basis manifest themselves in like really positive or negative yeah. ways in your life, and. uh it's like it helped just kind of like really put in line some some things that I've kind of seen or thought right. Especially when I go back to like Ben Askren stuff and some of the things that he taught me or whatever, and just looking at like you know how I mean I think about right as a parent, it's like yeah. you like you have to learn how to be a parent, right? You have yeah. to accept like you can't just think like which a fixed mindset would be like I'm as good of a parent as I'm going to be. And so, like, the successes and failures of my kids are a direct kind of representation of me, right? Versus, like, we're, look, we're learning together, and, like, I'm going to teach them how to, how to grow, how to actually learn. And sometimes that requires me, you know, looking in the mirror and being like, okay, like, you know, what, what am I trying to achieve here? Like, how am I going to do with Pat at least? Like, what do I really want, right? As a parent, like, got to ask yourself that question sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like, every day. I want to be right or do I want to actually solve the problem? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You have so much to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, I would imagine. <laughs> oh, it's great stuff. Um, Levi, I have a whole sheet of stuff we could talk about the rest of the night, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to keep that on the table uh, for when you come back because you will come back because I think, I think, uh, you're a great human, and I think we've had fun tonight. So I think you'll be back. Yeah, I would agree with that statement 100%. Uh, we won't talk about Chelsea and how they're not very good. At oh, soccer. yeah, well, you guys look very good. I will, <laughs> I will say that. Yeah, you, you worry me based on – although, I mean, shredding man you for fives, like not giving up a goal is nice. Right. But let's be honest, like I think – a lot of teams could shred them for four or five. Yes, they the could. way that they're playing in the back right now. But it is fun. It is fun to do. Well, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, you like yeah, Liverpool's a very complete team. Yes. Like, I'm more scared of you guys than I am of City. Ultimately, I would I would say. Yeah. But I don't think we're not good. You know, I think. Uh, no, you guys are good. We need to get a healthy striker though. We got a lot of injuries. I don't know what they're doing on the training pitch, but uh, they need a. I don't know. The schedules and all is just so daunting. Like you look at it, it's like, man, these guys play a lot, and they run a lot. They play a lot yep. of matches. Like I have a lot of respect for those guys. And they got that. They they have the English Premier League. They have uh, you know, uh, uh, the national the national team. I mean, it's never ending. There's no off season in in soccer. No, basically not. Yeah, not if you're at the top level, right? Like you said, if you're like. You're playing for one of the big clubs. You're playing in all the cups. You're playing in the league, and you're playing for your national team. Yeah, dude, you're getting like a month off a year, maybe. <laughs> um, but anyways, Levi, at the end of every show, I'm going to give you the microphone. We've been putting your links in the chat. 
Um, but I'm going to give you this time. Put yourself over. Plug anything you want. You can bury anything you want. Uh, you can <coughs> tell us anything you want. I don't care. I will not interrupt. The floor is yours. All right. Well, two things I'm working on that uh, they may not come out in the very well. One of them will come out in the next probably month. One of them will, is a longer term project. But uh, I, I'm working with another guy on a mental health guide, and we we've been you know writing down a lot of stuff and just basically trying to like the process I'm trying to create for for people is like a 60 to 90 minutes that they could do. You know, you could split that up into 45 and 45, where like you're going to get a lot of what you would need daily to have a healthy body and healthy mind in that 60 and 90 minutes and try to like try to teach people routines so that ultimately they could, they could learn it and do it themselves and, and find ways to implement it in their lives. And uh, you know, I just think that's a, especially as I look around America and just, Hey dude, like how much could you benefit from like drinking water in the morning and taking a 30 minute walk outside, like doing the fundamentals correctly. They're, they're fundamentals for a reason. Um, you know, so that's something that I think is I, I have a lot of passion about. And I'm, I'm excited about, you know, working on putting some of that information out into the world. Um, and then I'm working with another guy and I think we're going to put out a Thanksgiving episode as our first one on a pellet grill recipe uh, web series, three to five minute videos, hopefully. So we'll uh, we'll take you through the whole way to make the most delicious smoked Thanksgiving turkey that you ever had in your entire life on your pellet grill. And, uh, you know, I love barbecuing. So I'm, I've, I've long thought of trying to, you know, put together some actual, you know, cooking shows and information and thinking about how that would go down. So I'm really excited about, you know, having the chance to put that content out and seeing where it goes. Um, so those are kind of two projects that are near and dear. Um, I will probably wrestle a couple times in uh, 2022. You know, I'm not going to take a kajillion bookings, but uh, here and there, I, I want to wrestle. I want to uh, particularly explore, uh, you know, and figure out who exactly Levi Cooper is in the wrestling ring. That's my goal. That's what I'm trying to attain. Um, you know, if I say that cliche wise, I'm building a house, the foundation of the house is wrestling right amateur wrestling in particular that's given me kind of my physical and mental tools that i've used for my entire life so that's going to be the foundation of my character and then as i've been you know doing the yoga and, and kind of meditating i've been thinking about maybe trying to call myself force of nature or at least working with the, like the concept of like how nature is this very serene peaceful place when it needs to be and and so calm and tranquil but then you know, within the flash of an eye, it turns to this like extremely violent force that's capable of a lot of destruction, right? Some kind of that dichotomy, right? That's kind of what I, the next layer. Um, and so I guess I think that's a good basis for a wrestling character. And, uh, and that's ultimately going to be the character that I, I'm going to try to explore. And, uh, you know, pretty excited about, about that as well, even though, that's not going to be like my main goal, right? I'm not trying to make money in wrestling. I'm just trying to figure that, that out. And uh, that actually really excites me because for a long time, you know, I was just doing it for yeah. money, doing it for maybe different reasons than, and, and came to really love and appreciate the artistic side of it. And uh, so I'm excited to have the freedom to, you know, fall flat on my face if necessary and really explore creatively. 
Spectacular. Love it. Love it all. Force of nature. I the storm. Whatever the case may be, I get it. Flick that switch. Go kick yeah. some ass. Um the cooking stuff. I didn't even touch on that tonight. I wanted to ask you what I should bake for my kids this weekend. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's fall time. A good pumpkin bread, yeah, it's pretty right? easy. Yeah, you know, nice, not not too difficult. Just yeah. throw all the ingredients in a bowl, mix them up, toss them in a bread pan, oh, put sounds, it in the oven for an hour. It's good to go. Great. Delicious. Um, all great stuff. Uh, I look forward to you coming back. I I love the mental health, getting your mind and body right. I want to see what you got in store for us. Uh, so the door is open, Levi. You can come back anytime you want. Yeah, appreciate you. It was uh, it was a blast, man. Had a great time. Yeah, for sure. Tell your wife uh, I said thank you also for donating you tonight to us. So absolutely, go, yeah. Go have some fun with your kids, and we'll talk to you soon. We'll do. Yeah. Go Chelsea. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh Derry, have a good night. <laughs>